Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I found out earlier this hour that uh, David Milgard passed away at the age of 69. We talked about it some, and I told you about my relationship with uh, David and his mother Joyce over the years. But James Locke here knows the story so intimately. He was David's lawyer, first with AIDWIC, the Association for the Defense of the Wrongfully Convicted, and then uh, now, the, it's, uh, now it's called uh, Innocence Canada or Innocence Project. James, which is it? Canada now, yes. Uh, um. Okay. Innocence Canada. Uh, you were a very close friend to David and to his family, so condolences to you for your loss. Would, would you share with us uh, David's story? I tried to tell it, but you, you can do it so much better than I can. Uh, I, I, David has a tremendous legacy, as did his mother, Joyce. In fact, uh, you know, um, if there's a hereafter, uh, I'm sure they're up there uh, causing uh, the establishment problems up there, too. Um, but uh, David's uh, legacy is his strength. Uh, and uh, but he endured those 23 years uh, in prison for a crime he had absolutely nothing to do with, a horrible crime, too. Uh, and uh, his um, best word I can think of after he got out, because, you know, m- most people in his situation would say, uh, you know, enough of that. Let, let me try and live an ordinary life now. But that was never for David. He uh, he became a fulcrum for people who, uh, who who are wrongly convicted. They would call him and call him for help, and and uh, I can tell you that uh, David would often refer them on to me to try and help where I could as well. And uh, the, the irony of today is that uh, I got the news when I walked out of Fraser Valley Institution, which is in uh, New Westminster, where I. Uh, where I was earlier this morning, seeing um, Narissa Cusance, who's one of two sisters, two indigenous sisters, wrongly convicted of uh, murder 30 years ago. They're both still in prison 30 years later. And I'm working on their case. Could David uh, ask me to about a year and a half ago? So I walked out of the prison after seeing Narissa this morning, uh, picked up my phone uh, when I got into the car, and, and there was the awful news. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, one of the things that I said on the air in the about a half an hour ago when I was talking about my understanding and knowledge of and conversations with uh, with David over the years, he was never bitter. He uh, he had a he had he had a drive. The drive was to live his life, and the drive to, was to do what, exactly what you've said, and that is to help those who were in the same situation he'd been in. There was there was a mission, and it's so admirable that he had that uh, that attitude yeah he had two missions his two children and and, and that yeah. and and uh, you know he he did a lot of public speaking inspirational speaking I, I mean he didn't call it that but he was an inspiration to anyone who ever watched him or heard him and and he talked very little about his own case um i shared the podium with him many times and i would always be the one who did the talking about his case he wouldn't. He would use the occasion to just inspire others to to live better lives, to try and ensure justice where they saw it for others. 
um, uh, he, uh, he he really was a remarkable person. You know, we, I, it, it's, uh, I, I would have said that yesterday. I'll say it today and I'll say it tomorrow. What was the most difficult part of the case for you? Well, David's case, I, I came on uh, late. Um, he uh, was um, released by the Supreme Court of Canada after they gave a judgment in 1992. It was an unsatisfactory judgment. They said that there was a reasonable doubt that he may have committed the crime. Um, and uh, they, they just said there was a reasonable doubt. And thereafter, David had to endure people saying that he got off a crime he committed, even though he'd spent 23 years in jail for it. So he came to me and asked me to do his DNA, DNA testing to prove that the killer was not him and also to prove that the killer was the person who it really was, a man called Larry Fisher. And in July of 1997, uh, I managed to get the exhibits to England and uh, they were examined by a laboratory in England uh, who, who indeed uh, uh, confirmed that the the DNA from the semen on Gail Miller's nurse's uniform. She was the woman who had been killed on January 31st, 1969 in Saskatoon, that the semen came not from David, but from Larry Fisher. And uh, five days later, Larry Fisher was charged and subsequently convicted of the murder, albeit 30 years too late. He got convicted uh, in 1999 30 years after the crime, but, you know, David has spent all those years in jail for Larry Fisher's crime, and while David was doing all those years in prison, uh, Larry Fisher was carrying on committing crimes and, and, and attacking other women, and, you know, it, it, it proved the point that we always make, that if you convict the wrong person, then you haven't convicted the right person. I mean, David's case was such a good example of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a notorious miscarriage of justice, but, but David carried it so well, uh, you know, um, and his death is a, is a Canadian tragedy. Yes, it is. His mother, Joyce, was a remarkable woman, too. She was. She died just a little more than two years ago now. Uh, I, I had the good fortune to visit her with David, actually, about three weeks before she died in the a care home that she was in where she died and uh she was still she still had it had it together enough to know who i was and of course know who her son was and uh I, i'm so glad i saw her and, and i was good fortunate enough to see david just six weeks ago i was uh, i went and visited him at his home in calgary just six weeks ago we spent a couple of hours together in his uh, in his home and uh i'll cherish that cherish that for the rest of my life yeah he was meticulous the last time i mentioned this on the air the last time we spoke was about two years ago yeah. and he wanted to make sure that everything was exactly correct as far as the timing was concerned and the interview was going to get on the air and he didn't want to let me down and so he called me from the road three or four times are we still on i want to know i want you to know i'm in a good area i'm ready to talk to you the kids are going to be quiet he was just he was an amazing man he really was considering what he'd yeah. gone through he was, I mean, you've got it. He's thoughtful. You know, he was thoughtful along with everything else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, when you when you spent all that time in jail for something you didn't do, 
you, you, you say, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you be bitter and angry towards the rest of the world? But that wasn't him. That wasn't him. And, and you know what? Most of the people who are wrongly convicted, in my experience, I like that. I mean, David was above and beyond, but uh, but uh, many of them are, are, are not unlike that, you know? Yeah, I don't know who's going to take over his shoes, but, uh, but uh, there'll be someone to take them over, I hope. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.